The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Cleveland Clinic, ranked number one in the nation in heart care 24 years in a row, according to U.S. News & World Report. For information on the complex cases treated at Cleveland Clinic or to get a second opinion, visit clevelandclinic.org slash heartcare. Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, March 18th. In today's news... The black box from Ethiopia shows clear similarities with last October's crash in Indonesia. Troubling new revelations emerge about Jeffrey Epstein's plea deal. And President Trump goes on a St. Patrick's Day Twitter spree. But first, the big idea. New Zealand's coalition government plans to formally unveil strict new gun laws within the next week as a direct response to the attacks on the mosques in Christchurch. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern made the announcement at a news conference on Monday after a meeting of the cabinet where they agreed in principle to big changes. Here she is at a news conference earlier today, about 72 hours after the massacre which left 50 people dead and some 40 injured. Within 10 days of this horrific act of terrorism, we will have announced reforms which will, I believe, make our communities safer. In the intervening period, we will be working hard and as quickly as we can to finalise some of the details around the decision Cabinet has made today and the consequences of it. These new rules could include restricting the sale and possession of military-style semi-automatic weapons that were used in the attacks, and more. The reaction by the Kiwis stands in stark contrast to what always happens in the United States, where Republicans and the NRA successfully block action by saying that the immediate aftermath of a mass shooting is not the appropriate time to have a debate about gun control. Then the public's attention shifts elsewhere, no matter how heinous, awful, and preventable the attack was. Over in New Zealand, Ardern said that she's learned from watching the gun control debate play out globally that time is of the essence. There is, though, still some detail that needs to be worked through. I want to do that, but still move as quickly as we can. The prime minister's cabinet is dominated by the center-left Labour Party, but also includes four members of the right-wing New Zealand First Party. She said they bought in, too. But gun store owners in the country are worried that the new rules will target them and close avenues to get weapons that the alleged shooter didn't use. Ardern was dismissive of these concerns during her presser. They need to change, regardless of what activity may or may not have happened uh, with gun retailers. They will change. Back stateside, the editorial board of the Annapolis Capitol, that Maryland newspaper that was attacked by a gunman last summer, poses the following question in today's newspaper. How do you navigate a world where you can be shot to death in any conceivable location? How do you get out of bed in the morning, head out the door, say goodbye to your loved ones when you know that violent death may be waiting for you or them around the corner from just one angry person with a gun? Anyone with a gun, white supremacists from Australia or angry men from Laurel can be out to kill you. The paper's editors, still grieving from the loss of five colleagues last June, conclude, quote, This is about guns, but more than guns. It is about unbridled hate, powered by the internet and armed through easy access 
to deadly firepower. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Ethiopia's transportation minister said Sunday night that the black box data from the Ethiopian Airlines crash last week shows clear similarities with the Lion Air flight that went down last October in Indonesia. He intends to release a preliminary report on what caused the crash within the next month. The black box itself continues to be reviewed at a lab in Paris. Aviation experts are increasingly zeroing in on the angle of attack sensor on Boeing jets after both crashes. These sensors are used on virtually every commercial flight. There are concerns that the sensor may have sent the wrong signals to flight software that automatically dips the plane's nose to prevent a stall. It is not clear whether the angle of attack sensor played a role in the Ethiopian crash, but it did in Indonesia. Boeing's CEO announced yesterday that his company is finalizing software updates and pilot training protocols to address problems that have emerged in response to what he described as erroneous sensor inputs. He didn't specify which sensors. Six different experts tell us that the risks posed by a faulty angle of attack sensor are amplified in this era of increasing cockpit automation. It's an example of how the same technology that makes aircraft safer, like automated software, can be undone by a seemingly small technical glitch. Angle of attack sensors have been flagged as problems more than 50 times on U.S. commercial airplanes in the past five years, although, thankfully, no accidents have occurred here over millions of miles flown, according to reports made to the Federal Aviation Administration. Number two. A federal investigation into alleged sexual misconduct by multimillionaire Jeffrey Epstein had flagged scores of potential underage victims, including the 14-year-old girl who first alerted police. But when Epstein pleaded guilty in state court in 2008, he was only convicted of soliciting a minor who was 16 years old at the time the offenses began. The younger girl, who initially notified police, has long believed that hers was the case referenced in the guilty plea, her attorney tells us. Some media accounts said as much. Publicly available charging documents contained no name or age, however. Pressed to resolve the ambiguity, state prosecutors in Florida provided my post colleagues with the victim's date of birth. The decision to charge Epstein with a crime involving an older teen part of a plea deal that has been criticized as overly lenient, has significantly eased his obligations to register as a sex offender. In New Mexico, for instance, where Epstein owns a 7,600-acre property called Zaro Ranch, he is not required to register because his victim was not under 16. The case has faced growing scrutiny since last month, when a federal judge ruled that the prosecution team led by then-U.S. Attorney Alexander Acosta, who is now President Trump's labor secretary, violated the legal rights of alleged victims by failing to notify them of an agreement not to bring federal charges. Some House Democrats are calling for Acosta's resignation. His department oversees investigations into sex trafficking and workplace abuses, but Trump continues to stand by him. Number three, the president attended a St. Patrick's Day church service on Sunday. It was a brief interruption to a day otherwise spent spewing rage on Twitter toward his opponents and the press. Other U.S. presidents have decried horror abroad as an affront to values shared among liberal Democratic allies. 
But Trump has made no major national address to mourn those gunned down last Friday as they worshipped at mosques. Instead, it was a weekend of nonstop grievances from the leader of the free world. He started on Sunday before 8 a.m. by attacking Saturday Night Live. He said the federal government should target the NBC show for being mean to him. Seriously, he said that. Amusingly, SNL had actually aired a rerun. It wasn't even new programming. It was the one that ran right before Christmas where Trump was portrayed as a bitter and bewildered George Bailey from the movie It's a Wonderful Life. In addition to SNL, Trump also attacked the memory of the late Senator John McCain. Several Democrats, the so-called Steele dossier that linked Trump to Russian interests, and even Fox News. Trump was angry about a segment that linked massive layoffs of auto workers in Ohio to his economic policies. Trump also demanded that Fox, quote, bring back host Janine Pirro. Her weekly show didn't air on Saturday night after Fox denounced her honor suggestion last week that Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, the Democrat from Minnesota, does not support the Constitution because she is a Muslim and wears a hijab. The president also defended Fox News host Tucker Carlson, who was widely rebuked last week after racist, misogynistic, and homophobic comments he made a decade ago resurfaced. Some advertisers are boycotting both shows, but Trump wrote that being politically correct will bring Fox down. He then issued a curiously dire warning to, quote, be strong and prosper or be weak and die. Trump's attacks on McCain months after his death from brain cancer also contained several demonstrable falsehoods. Megan McCain, the late senator's daughter, said that wasn't the point, though. She tweeted directly at the president. No one will ever love you the way they love my father, she wrote. I wish I had been given more weekends with him. Maybe spend years with your family instead of on Twitter obsessing over mine. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, March 18th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. 